joined by Haley Roberts, who is the CEO of Distology, an IT security distributor based in the UK and happy to say a ThreadX partner. Haley has extensive experience in the tech industry and now runs a cybersecurity company. We're so thrilled to have you uh, today to talk about your insights uh, in the industry. So welcome, Haley. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're excited. And uh, I know your organization uh, just made a big announcement uh, September 8th and uh, you guys just acquired Squareball, and I think it has a little bit of tie-in to, uh, we're going to talk about people and, and culture and people getting yeah. into the industry, but I think you made an interesting acquisition. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, like any acquisition, and I don't know if you've experienced acquisitions at all, but those who have, yeah. um, I think they're in two camps, either um, positive or a negative. And I've never wanted to acquire with an aggressive tone and actually I wanted to acquire people and I thought this was a pipe dream who were very similar to us so it is about the people it's more about the people than it is about the uh, the technology or what it's doing so um and when you find that sweet match that DNA match you've just got to grab hold of it and that's pretty much what we do with Squareball so yeah it's it's really exciting times it, it gives us geographic expansion it gives us technical abilities that we didn't have before we had limited so and the, and the people are just so already feels part of our culture so yeah we're, we're really looking forward to integrating them into the team it already feels like their family well that's awesome well congratulations to you Thank and you. the team and to everybody at Distology. I think another just major milestone for your company so that's yeah, awesome. another learning curve <laughs> yeah for sure for sure awesome so you told me recently that you think the cybersecurity skills gap is more about an attitude gap can you explain what you mean by that there's no getting away from the fact we lack skills but ultimately it comes down to an attitude and a perception of what it is that technology or IT needs. And the unfortunate situation is that we tend to only hire when we need a skill set rather than bringing people and developing people through and looking at core competencies. And I think our attitudes as employers need to change. I think we need to look at the wider core competencies of who we're going to hire and how we're going to develop them. And I think also the attitude of potential employees, you know, be a little bit bolder and think about and challenge some of the um, the preconceived notions of what a career in technology is all about. So it is an attitude gap or an attitude delta that we perhaps need to address as much as anything else. Yeah, I think it's definitely the, the way that we think about it too. It's easy to put the hey, we want 10 years of experience, we want Rust, we want, you know, they need to be able to deploy SIM, all sorts of jargon yeah. that we can put in front of it. And like, well, let's start with, as you said, with, with Squareball, it's like, let's see if they're a cultural fit. Absolutely. Using yeah. somebody with a, a great cultural fit, who's got a great work ethic, you can put many, many things in front of them that maybe they haven't tackled before, that mm. they're actually going to crush versus you take somebody with the exact capabilities that you've been looking for, but terrible cultural fit, and yeah. yet they don't work out. I think it's a trap we've fell into because it's almost been what we've known. And like any any challenge comes because we've been reluctant to change sometimes. And I think that we need to properly change up a gear and kind of look outside of the box as to who we're hiring and how we're hiring, because you know there will only ever be a certain pool of talent if we're only going to keep fishing for experience. So we've just got to address that as employers, and I think that that's the harder road, but often it's the more fruitful if it's harder. Yeah, absolutely. So for our, our listeners that are thinking about getting into cybersecurity, I think the 
thinking about your attitude mm-hmm. and demonstrating what you're looking for in a culture because interviewing is a two-way street you know make mm-hmm. make sure that that company that you're you're going to does have the same attitudes the same set of norms that, that you're looking for because again it could be the ideal company but if if there isn't the attitude isn't aligned it can be a, a pretty horrendous experience so something for our listeners to really think about definitely so we've heard from other guests on this podcast that a big part of the skills gap is really lack of awareness so, you know simply yeah. put that roles that are available and skills needed in cybersecurity people just don't know about them so you know mm-hmm. do you see that as well yeah, I mean, this is the biggest problem we have. I think there's a delta of awareness between when you finish your education and when you start in the business world. You often feel like you're at the edge of a cliff when you finish university or college. Where do I go? What do I do? Especially if you do something like politics or English or geography, which are all great because they're a good learning. You know, at university, it's, it's a great discipline to, to do that learning. But what does that mean? Does that shape you for a particular role? So is it going to shape me to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant? In the main, no, if you do a generic subject, there is a particular prescribed route. But what if you don't go along that prescribed route? What happens then? And it throws, and we see it so many times, and you've probably seen it, you know, guys who come in and do, do qualifications in broader subjects and say, I couldn't possibly be anything, you know, start a career in technology. I couldn't possibly be anything that you'd want me to be. They're not looking at what actually fundamentally they've learned, which is often um, not obvious, right? So they've learned time management. They've learned discipline on projects. They've learned how to write properly. They've learned how to express themselves. They've learned how to research. They've learned how to maybe do presentations. And those are the core skills that we need rather than just what did you do your degree in? Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody does that and then discriminate like that. But actually, I do think there is some degree of stereotypical nature of hiring. And we don't just fall into technology. We have to be able to dumb down what the word cyber or or technology means. And I think people have a preconceived notion, I've got to be technical. I don't have anything technical skills. And yet we're all using technology. So of course they do. We've just got to make sure that they understand that actually that's still very relevant. And and I think schools, colleges, and even us as, as parents can have better conversations to open our our children's minds, or the next generation's minds. Yeah, I think it's all great points and I totally agree with you, Haley. And I, I look at it from uh, we as uh, executives or members of the cybersecurity industry have to be ambassadors. And you know, my mm. my daughters who always, uh, two of them are in college and they always roll my eyes when I ask somebody, hey, do you know what you want to do? And when somebody says no, <laughs> I, I'd start talking about cybersecurity and and again, yeah. that natural tendency, well, I don't understand technology. I'm not a technologist. I'm like, well, there's accounting roles in cybersecurity companies. Mm-hmm. And there's marketing roles and there are sales roles and there are lots of things that aren't about hands-on keyboard. You know, mm-hmm. Even our SOC, uh, which we've taken some people who have propensity to learn, but mm-hmm. didn't come in with some of the initial skill sets. So I think mm-hmm. it's a very wide, expansive uh, side of it. And whether cyber-centric, and as you mentioned, just technology in general, mm-hmm. um, the opportunities are phenomenal. It's, it is the reason that many, many people want to work at Google or Facebook or TikTok. But you know, I think that there's a lot more out there in terms mm-hmm. of opportunity. And it isn't always about you know being able to rust and I mean, to be able to code in a particular language and mm-hmm. more so taking the skills you talked about that you learned at university mm-hmm. and applying them to the the projects and and the opportunities that we have within uh, cybersecurity companies uh, out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there are also, we can't ignore the fact that every company is a technology company. 
right? So, yeah. you know, as tenuous as it might seem, we're all using technology, even if we aren't core techie companies. What did you do? What did you want to be when you were younger, Gene? I know this sounds a little trite, but I, younger, I don't know, like you know, a policeman, a cop. Uh, but when I got <laughs> to college, I went to a school, Northeastern, that had co-op programs. Mm. Um, so I got to work for a small tech startup called Cayman Systems in Cambridge. And right. I got to say, that's what I want to do. I, I went to an environmental consulting company. I went and worked on the floor of the Boston Stock Exchange. And then I worked for this company, Cayman Systems. And I said, that's what I want to do. I love the vibe of it. So go and try different things. And then yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's often a feeling, isn't it, when you start a job? Yeah. And that's where culture is important and who you work with is important. So it's not necessarily what you do. It's yeah. the people around you and, and why you're doing it. Yeah, it's an interesting journey. So what about you? You asked me, what did you want to be when you oh, God. want to be the owner of a, dist- uh, a major distributor? That's exactly what I want to be. <laughs> of course, life is not linear, I'm afraid. Um, right. I Literally, it's like a tube map and every challenge is a great, is a great one, uh, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. <laughs> but actually... When I was younger, younger, I wanted to be an actress. I think that was just a kind of standard thing, right? So I did I did some national theatre stuff and whatnot. But then then I thought, no, 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 actually, I'm going to be a barrister. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't actually concentrate on my A-levels, so I cocked that up. But uh, that was my first hurdle um, yeah. where I flat on my face. But actually, you know, in hindsight, all of the things that I screwed up on and didn't do well has made me the person I am today. Yeah. So, and I'm okay with who I am today, is, is yeah. perfectly perfect as that is. So I think that's important that we've got to also educate people to say, hey, why don't you try it? I mean, actually internally here, and I'm sure certainly at Dretex with you guys, come in, see what you want to do if you have a generic skill set and you're able to, and especially a smaller growing agile company, you're able to then utilize that skill set for other departments. And that's so yeah. powerful. The bigger you get as an organization, that is more tricky. But I think if you've got a good management practice and you've got a good people team or HR team, you're able to spot that and keep people invested in where you're going as a vision, regardless of what they do in the organization. Absolutely. And I think I'll, I'm going to skip around our the order of our questions, but because I think this really plays into it. But I see life I mean, is not linear, Gene. We're yeah, exactly. Right. We got to be we got to be fluid. <laughs> but you know, I think it really plays right into what we're talking about now, which is the, yeah. uh, the apprentice program that you're starting at Distology. And yes. uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, it's it's literally on a piece of paper at the moment, if I'm honest with you. And actually, my ch- my middle child is uh, coming in to be a guinea pig, so I'm going to give yeah. him hell. I've got nothing to do with it, by the way. He's doing his placement year. But um, but ultimately what we want to do is target kids from college or school where they can come in and they can learn all of the different departments and find out what that really means. Even if they don't end up in a career, you know, with us or with a, with a, with a tech company, um, it's really important for them to at least be open-minded about the different areas of a business. Because I think one of the most powerful things when you're young and when you're learning is to actually experience every single aspect of business. And I mean that from departments to different functionalities to different levels. I think it's really good to conceptualize where everything fits because it is like a great big jigsaw puzzle. And often it's an all growing or uh, matter as well. You know, it sort of changes, new positions created. So that's what we intend to do. So we want to bring people in and work in different departments for a certain amount of time. We probably want to give them some degree of um, time in our different regional offices. Now we have Germany to add to that, which is exciting. And just to experience almost by osmosis what business feels like and 
to build that gut feeling as well, you know, whilst doing an apprentice program. So they kind of understand, oh, I liked that, but I also liked a bit of this. Maybe I could do a bit. So they're actually starting to question themselves. One of the biggest things I want to encourage, and I don't know how to do this, by the way, but I'm thinking about it, is to encourage entrepreneurialism, right? Ownership. Yeah. How do you grow something from nothing, right? Because just because you're told to do a job or there's a tick list or a job spec, doesn't mean to say that's your limitation. If you own something, then how are you going to develop it? And I want to encourage ownership, true ownership, without being sort of more, more of a coaching management style rather than a dictatorial management style. Mm. So, and that's going to be hard to do because we, we try to foster non-judgmental cultures and that's going to be tough too. So it's going to be a true guinea pig process for our apprentices to come in and, yeah. and test that. But once we get it nailed, I'm sure it'll keep evolving, but once we get it nailed, mm. that's kind of how it will look. So we're bringing in engineers. They stay with the engineers. We brought yeah. in people in marketing. They stayed with marketing. And same with sales, but I'm like, oh my God, what a great idea. Just so they, hey, over yeah. the course of the, they usually come for three or six months. It's like over that time, let's spend a little bit of time saying, hey, go spend a couple of days with the engineering department, with the product mm -hmm. management team, with the, the finance team, like understanding what that is. So I, I love that idea. And then follow on is the, the entrepreneurial side of things, because in the internships, we're teaching them being good employees. But we want to make it broader, like, hey, you can start one of these things. Like, mm -hmm. they're starting a business is not as magical as people think. I, I come from humble beginnings, and uh, my parents taught me to be a good employee and never mm -hmm. to go start a company or never go work for a startup. Ne never mind, you know, just go get a job that has Security. a good yeah, yeah, right. And when I went into sales, they were like, how can you have a job where you don't know exactly how you're going to make, how much you're going to make? Like, so. That in you know my little journey, but I, I thought those are great ideas that you just shared. I Not just for the apprentices. I think it's important. One of my biggest paranoias is that it becomes fragmented in your organization. Like right. we're the sales team or we're the public sector sales team, we're this sales team, yeah. you know, we're the technical team, we're the ops and finance team. And then right. it creates divisions. And, and, and right. one thing I do not want to happen is divisions. It's going to, I get it, right? Yeah. You know. But I do think that it's there's a, an element of respect that, that each department needs to have for one another because a company has to exist with all departments, not just one. And just because sales are at the coal face doesn't mean to say that they are the only thing that's important in the organization. Quite frankly, they couldn't see their deals come in if they hadn't got the operations team, for example. So I really want to foster that as well, this kind of mutual respect and understanding of where everybody sits in the process. And that's a really tough task because yeah. you want people to feel very empowered and proud of what they do. But at the same time, very respectful of the fact that everybody needs somebody, right? Even in a business, even if you're like the best salesperson in the world, you've got a window of opportunity on your own. But right. outside of that, if you work in a team and you're more collaborative, you've yeah. got a huge amount of growth potential. Yeah, for sure. So for our listeners, please, uh, if you're at a company now, take the opportunity to go learn mm -hmm. what the other departments do. Even if your company hasn't formalized that program, take it upon yourself. Definitely people in other parts of your group, you'll be more fulfilled. You will have a better understanding of why other groups do what they do. So I think that's great, great idea mm -hmm. in terms of that piece of it. So, so next question it was cybersecurity obviously has a diversity problem, but you've said some of the ways we're addressing it are actually creating bigger problems. So what do you think about that? And you know, how, how do we pay it forward for the next generation? I think I don't think cybersecurity is alone, by the way. I think that every company, every industry have diversity problems, whether it's one way or the other. I think diversity isn't just gender. Diversity is many different aspects. And I think that we've got to get to a notion where we are 
good human beings. Yeah. So this attitude and the and encouraging entrepreneurialism is not set with a certain particular role or identity, right? So I think that, and what I mean by if we create that we're creating divides or we're causing a problem is if we create too many elite groups, i.e., I'm going to create a women's group. Great. You're going to create a women's group. Then you're going to create an LGBTQ plus group. Then you're going to create a BAME group. This is fantastic, right? Because ultimately we have to swing the pendulum far the other way to get the balance. However, if we create the groups and, and have them almost operating on their own in isolation to others, we're actually causing more of a problem. So we're causing more of elite groups and we're not collaborating across the groups. And I don't think everybody's doing this, by the way. I think there are some examples where this has happened or could be seen to be happening. But I think mindful of this potential problem, we probably need to just make sure that we are all respectful and openly creating good, safe spaces for people to communicate well and to come to each other for problem sharing and and community stuff. But at the same time, concentrate on being good humans, because that's ultimately all we are. And I think that if we segment too much, we cause a bigger problem. And actually, the the example that I think I spoke to you about previously was that I went to a women's group. I'm not going to say where or who it was. And it it was great. There was this women's group and fantastic panel. And they were talking about how well they'd done, despite the fact they were a woman in the industry, or and that was great. But what was missing from that was, what do you do next? Okay, so how are you going to help the next generation? So great that you can reward yourself and you can be celebrated for your success because you've come through this hard time, because you were you know, effectively a minority, perhaps as a female. But what are you going to do with that experience? How are you going to benefit the next generation? You know, how are we going to make it easier? And so nobody has to experience this again, that we can celebrate success regardless of whatever ethnic minority you are, gender you are. It doesn't matter. Um, It should matter that we celebrate everyone's success because life's tough enough as it is without having to then validate and justify the labels that we carry for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's our personal identity. Nobody else's business. So. I mean, I'm wanting this amazing euphoric moment where everybody's yeah. like, it's going to take a long time to change. But I think we are now starting to see a lot more open mindedness that judgmental cultures are going to be extinct, hopefully, in the next few years. But we've got to work on that premise because otherwise it's a futile exercise creating these groups. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's great guidance and uh, I love your vision of the world. So let's. Uh, <laughs> I know. I dream. So I'm going with it. I'm going with it because it keeps me going. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah, we got we to gotta start with the end state and then we got to work, you know, do our, all do our. However work. you get there, however you exactly. get there, just exactly. make sure you manifest that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I guess last question, any advice for those thinking about a career in cybersecurity, but not sure kind of where to start? ask questions, you know, hopefully you've got lots of accessible role models. If not, find them, Google them, get on LinkedIn, approach people, ask the question. Uh, most people, let's be honest, if ever you've been out to a um, you know networking do and you think, oh my God, I really got on well with that person. The majority of the reasons why you have is because they've been interested in you and you felt heard. So actually um, asking questions, people like that, right? And especially at senior level, because I don't know if you feel the same, but as you climb up higher and you become more important, 
are actually more lonely. (laughs) So people don't ask you because they assume that you're busy, right? So it'd be great for people to ask those questions and to feel like, wow, I've got something I can give back, which is nice. To ask the questions, no no such thing as a stupid question, ridiculous amount of acronyms in our industry, unnecessary, but you know what? Hey, if it makes people feel intelligent, go for it. Our own language. Um, Oh my God, it's ridiculous. But I I get it, right? Because it's almost like shorthand. I don't understand it, but um, sometimes people use it as a badge. I know what that means. Great. So yeah, so ask questions and just, just try and access as many people as possible because even if you approach 20 people and two come back, at least that's two that you can gain something from. So don't be disheartened. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's not as scary as you think. <laughs> it's yeah. not as technical yeah. and it's not as scary as you think. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, again, additional great, great advice from you, Haley. And I totally agree. You just have to put yourself out there and look for the two out of 20. And, and those yeah. people could literally put you on a different trajectory. They could make introductions. Mm. Uh, so uh, put yourself out there. Twitter's the other big one in cybersecurity. Mm. It's heavily used. So find out who those key influencers are. Start listening yeah. to conversations. Engage when you can add value. It's an industry in need of people. So there are all of us trying to help encourage people to join. So I think that's... With the right attitude and energy, you can achieve right. so much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Literally anything. Yes, I totally agree. So with that, we'll we'll end. Uh, but thank you, Haley, for your time. Thank no you for worries. being a partner of ThreadX. Uh, we're super excited that everything Distology and ThreadX are doing together. And congratulations to you and the Squareball team yes. on the acquisition. We wish you guys the best of luck. And I'm sure we'll see many great things from, from both organizations collaborating together. So Brilliant. Thanks, Gene. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Yeah.